Hello and welcome back to the Irish Home Show. I'm your host, Ben, the friendly estate agent. You're joining us for part two of our Irish Home Buyers series. Each week, we're going to be talking you through a different stage in the house buying journey, from saving a deposit to getting your mortgage to getting out there house hunting and hopefully going set agreed and finally getting the keys to your new home. Last episode, you would have heard us talk all about savings. Our savings one-on-one explainer took you through all the things you needed to prepare for in saving up for a deposit, your purchasing costs, etc. We saw how our fictional couple, Chris and Kira, would need to save at least €41,000 just to be able to buy a house of €350,000. We also talked through the various schemes that are available if you need some help with that deposit. Now this week we're going to be talking savings again and I'm going to jump into more detail of how you can first evaluate your income and work out what you can save, how, when and where you are going to save your money and keeping track of your progress so that you keep motivated all the way through what could be a long process. Then in our interview we're talking to the brilliant Kaz Mooney. You'll have known her on Instagram as at Irish Budgeting. She has blown up in the last year and she's got over 100,000 followers now in just a year uh, just by posting brilliant tips for saving and budgeting as a family. She bought her own home uh, only a couple of years ago using her savings tips to save up their deposit in less than a year. Finally, at the end of the show, we have our usual little fun features, uh, our in, out and away and new home versus old home, where we compare properties on the market at the moment and run you through the thought process of why you should buy in certain areas or a certain type of house. This week, we're heading north out of Dublin and we're looking at a much tighter price bracket of houses for €250,000. That's the national average, but it's tricky to buy uh, in, in County Dublin and beyond in that price range. So let's see what we can find. And then for our new build, we've got a much more expensive house and uh, we get to see some fantastic properties there that you could afford for the same price uh, north of Dublin. Then at the end of the show, we wrap up with news that you can use. Thanks for joining us on this second episode. I look forward to keep talking to you about your home buying journey. You can find us at irishhome.ie or on Instagram at irishhomemagazine. And if you want to DM me or email me, if you have any questions, suggestions, interview topics or ideas, uh, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at ben at irishhome.ie or you can DM me on social media. Now, let's get on with the show. The Irish Home Show is brought to you by the Irish Home Buyers Journal, our guide to buying your first or your future home. The journal guides you through every stage in your house buying journey, from saving a deposit, to getting a mortgage, to going house hunting, going state agreed and getting your keys. This week's show we're going to be talking about savings and I really recommend you get hold of a copy of the journal for yourself. If you're saving for one or two years, this is where you can keep track of your deposits and you can even colour in our interactive deposit builder page, which shows how far you've come and how far you've got to go to your goal. You can find the Irish Home Buyers Journal at our page at irishhome.ie or follow the shop links on our Instagram at irishhomemagazine. And if you use the discount code SHOW, S-H-O-W, you can get free shipping on your order. 
Welcome to part two of our Savings Explainer. This episode, we're going to talk more about the practical steps and calculations you're going to need to make when you are thinking about saving towards buying a house. In this episode, I'm actually going to be going through some of the inside pages of our Irish Home Buyers Journal, where in section one, we set out a plan for your savings. We start by evaluating your finances, and then we go through to setting out a savings plan. So step one is to evaluate your finances. Here, we're just going to help you calculate what money's coming in and what money's going out. So you can see where savings can be made, how much you could save, and how long it's going to take you to get to your deposit amount. First up, income. This should be simple. Take all your combined income and list it out. For most people, that will just be your take-home salary, or if you're a couple, both of your salaries combined. And we want to look at the net monthly income. So that's probably what you see in your bank account on the last day of the month, uh, the money that comes in from your employer. That is your net monthly salary. That's your real disposable income that you have after taxes and everything like that. So let's take, if you're a couple, both your incomes, add them together. Any other income, if you have them from investments or a a side business or something like that, add them in there too. And we'll get a total monthly net income. Let's take our example couple again, Chris and Kira. Let's say Chris is a nurse and Kira is a gala. They're men in coppers, I'm sure. They both earn 40,000 a year. So their net monthly income, probably after taxes, is around 2,600 euros. Combined then, they have a salary of around €5,200 net every month. The next step is to look at your outgoings. This time we're going to need your bank statements. Think of this as your little mortgage broker pre-check. When you do get down to the stage of applying for a mortgage, you're going to have to give three or six month bank statements to your lender for them to look through just to see what your outgoings are. We might as well do a pre-check here now to see what they look like. The first thing to look for are your biggest bills. These are your essentials, those that probably can't change month to month and are locked in. They're firm commitments you have to stick to. These might include your rent, utility bills, electricity and gas, your TV broadband or phone contract that you're on, your car insurance, perhaps any health insurance if you have it outside of work, and any other loan payments, so credit union or a credit card. Once you've written those down, we make you total up that as your total essential spending figure. Next, we're going to ask you to look at the variable spending, what you spend on a monthly basis that may not be fixed. Now, they might not be avoidable, but they are variable, so you could perhaps change them. That might be groceries, how much you spend on food shopping, uh, commuting perhaps, uh, entertainment and eating out, takeaways or drink, and uh, coffees and snacks and things like that during the day. I'm sure there's other expenses, subscriptions to various things. Uh, All those sort of things are variable. These are things that are important to us, but they're not essentials and perhaps the total amount could be changed. So in the journal, we ask you to put these expenses in two columns, your essentials and your variables. And then you can add up your total spend minus your total income at the beginning of the month. And hopefully we see a positive. If that positive figure is less than you'd like, then perhaps it's time to go through those essential spends and try and reduce some and go through those variable spends and try and cut some back. You may remember my chat from Kel Gallivan last episode. She suggested a great idea, highlighting your expenses in your bank statement in red, amber and green highlighters. Green are your essentials that you can't change. They might be your rent, your utility bills or any other loan payments. They are fixed and you can't really affect them. Amber are for those that are possible. You could reduce them. Perhaps you could go for a cheaper phone supplier or a uh, cut back on your Sky bill or something like that. 
And then finally, red. Red are for the absolute WTFs. Why am I spending that much on iced coffee? I don't know. Highlight those, and they may be only, you know, three euro, four euro every time, but see how quickly they add up, and you suddenly get an idea of those little habits. Now, I'm not going to tell you you need to cut back on all the joys in life, but you can quickly see where little bits of money slip away, and all of a sudden it's a couple of hundred quid a month, and that, over the course of a year or two, could really, really add up when you're saving for something really important. Again, Kel last week had a great way of thinking about your money. Is this worth something to me now? Or would the money being saved and worth a house later be much more valuable to me? It's worth thinking about every time that you go to spend something. Maybe it's not all the little coffees or snacks. Maybe it is the bigger things like online shopping for clothes or that holiday or weekend away that you can just think, look, is this worth it to me now? Or is it worth me saving that money? And the joy of having a house in a year or two's time is greater than the sum of all those little things. Now, my tip is to start at the bottom of that list of essentials and work your way up. Cut out some of the unnecessary little things that you've highlighted in red and work your way up to the amber-coloured items that you could perhaps go and renegotiate. I've cut my car insurance this year. You can go and change utility providers. I know all the money experts and politicians and everyone is on TV at the moment telling us these little pernickety ways of saving money and cutting our expenses. But they do work. They can add up and there's always bargains out there. There's no loyalty for sticking with the providers you're with. You should always be looking to switch and change. Finally, you'll get near the top of that list and probably the most expensive line items of anyone is rent, if you're out renting, or childcare, if you already have kids. These two things are very, very hard to change. But I do know plenty of buyers who do decide, look, I'm going to go and live at home with my parents again for a year just to do that final sprint to get my home. I know it sounds like a sacrifice and it feels like a step backwards, but I think if you keep your eyes on the prize, it will all be worth it in a year or two's time where you have a house of your own and your future will change for the better. So let's go back to our couple, Chris and Kira. They've got 5,200 euros coming in every month, but what are their outgoings? Let's just say they are spending 1,200 euros a month on rent. They're lucky to rent a one-bed flat from a family friend. Uh, their utilities are 200 euros. Their broadband is 100 euros. Car insurance, another 100. Their grocery bill is 500 euros a month. Commuting, another 200. Entertainment, 400 a month. And there's bits and bobs there for, say, another 400 a month or so. So we are talking a total of 3,000 euros a month going out of their accounts for essentials and living expenses. So yes, they're fortunate not to have a huge 2,000 euro a month rental bill and they don't have kids yet so they're not spending 1200 a month on childcare fees that's fair enough but we can definitively say look there's 2000 euros there that we can put away that is our next step to set a goal if chris and kira can consistently spend chris's money on all their expenses and save most of kira's pay packet they could save to that target deposit and purchasing expenses total they need of 41,000 within just over 18 months just under two years it may feel like a hard slog but time flies and it is all for the better if you can get a house at the end of the day my final tip is what I call the five w's of saving these are when where who how much and why this is not a page that made it to the journal, so I'm going to make this available on our Instagram page. Uh, this is a great way of setting out a savings plan, and I'll go through it each step by step now. When. The most important thing I think all the experts agree on is deciding when you're going to put your money into your savings. And almost everyone agrees it has to be at the beginning of the month when you get paid. Do not wait until you've got through the month and all your expenses are spent and save what is left over. 
you have to put away your target amount at the beginning of the month as soon as your paycheck clears and then live off the remainder after that. Where? Where are we going to put the savings? That's a good question. Most financial experts agree that if you're going to be saving for over about two years, you should be putting it away in a long-term savings account. For a saver on a you know, one or two-year sprint, you might decide that something a little bit more easy to access is better. So a credit union account is very good, or even Revolut has vaults. Something that you're not going to dip into every day and is just a little bit harder to get into than something like that would be better. The other thing with Revolut is it's not very clear and easy to print out statements from there and the banks would like to see where your savings are going. So uh, the best suggestion is a credit union account or a uh, specialist savings account with your bank. Thirdly, who? Who's going to make the savings? So our example of Chris and Kira, a couple like that might decide Chris's money is going to go all on expenses and Kira's money is going to go into savings. And it's just going to go at the beginning of each month when her money comes in, she's going to put the 2,000 euro away. Others might decide, look, we're going to do it equally. You're going to put a thousand euro in each. That feels more equitable. Uh, or you might decide, well, look, he's paying for the rent at the moment, so I'll pay uh, 1500 and he'll pay 500 Decide at the start and stick to that. Number four, how much? How much are we going to save? We've talked about this already. Set a plan in advance. We're going to put away 2000 euro a month, every month, consistently. And my last W is why. Always remember why you're doing this. There will be tough times when you feel like you're scrimping and saving. You're missing out on fun events or nights out. Uh, You have to keep focused on the why. Why do we want to save this money? We want to buy a home. Why do we want to buy a home? Because we want to save through over our heads for ourselves, for our family, for our future. So stick it on a mood board or something and, uh, and keep focused on your why. Finally, if you're using the journal, we have a two-page spread of the deposit tracker there. This is a great way to just physically, with pen and ink, keep track of where your money is being saved and how much you're accumulating as you go. There's 18 lines on each page, so this means you could save monthly for up to three years, or if you were paid, say, fortnightly, save fortnightly, and this could last you 18 months as well. Hopefully, by the end of this, you'll have come to your target that you've set out at the beginning. Finally, probably my most favorite page in the journal is the deposit builder. This is our little graphic of a house where there's 100 bricks in here and you can set at the beginning how much each brick is going to be worth to you. So say you call a brick 500 euros. Every time you save 500 euros, you color in a brick. So if Chris and Kira are saving their 2,000 euros at the beginning of every month, they can color in four bricks and you can slowly see the target build up. It gives you a good visual physically on the page, not just numbers in a bank account, of how far you've come and how far you've got to go. But I get such great feedback from people who are filling this in. People send me photos of how they've colored it in, shaded it in, done all sorts of creative things with this page. And it's lovely to see how this has really helped people work towards their goal. So that's part two of our savings explainer done. We've given you practical steps to evaluating your finances, coming up with a savings plan, and then tracking your deposits towards your final savings goal. Up next, Kaz Mooney is going to be giving us more great tips and her story of how she saved towards buying her home. So I'm talking today to Kaz Mooney. She has grown to fame, particularly on Instagram, with her account at Iris Budgeting. Uh, she has exploded and has currently reached 100,000 followers, which show, goes to show how, how interested people are with budgeting and saving at the moment. Kaz, how are you? Grand Ben, how are you? Good, very well, thank you. Yeah, pleasure to be talking to you today. Uh, yeah, I think you're someone I need to speak to, even though I'm not a house fire at the moment. 
You know, I think we're all desperate at the moment to save money where we can, whether it's fuel or heating the house or particularly food has all gone up. How are you finding your yeah. popularity has grown so much this year? I feel to crying out for an expert like you to, to, to give them tips and tricks. Yeah, it's been crazy. In the eight months I've been on Instagram, it's just been crazy. Like when I started, the prices were just starting to increase. Sure, yeah. And there was a lot of talk about inflation, but we hadn't really seen it hit our own pockets as much yet. And then I suppose with the war and everything that went on there, it just became such an important topic. The inflation just skyrocketed. So yeah, I think... I think it's a very real situation for a lot of people to be struggling on their income. And I'd say that's why a lot of the stuff I talk about, a lot of the topics resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, I think, you know, it's something that hits, is almost hitting all aspects of, of Irish uh, families now, whether it's you know, young young couples try, trying to get on the ladder, whether it's someone like ourselves who are already, you know, in a house and have a family that's getting very expensive. And even pensioners in their old age, you know, if they're stuck on a fixed income, um, yeah, everything is getting so tight at the moment. So everyone is looking for ways to to save and be frugal with their money. Well, I, I want to take it back to start with actually how you got into becoming the expert was by doing it yourself. And I understand you were, you know, on the yeah. on a house buying journey in 2019. Tell me, how did that start? So I went back to work after my middle child went to school. And we were suddenly on two incomes for the first time in years. And we were pretty good the first year, but the second year we really enjoyed that second income. So in 2018, we went on two holidays. We went to Spain as a family and then we went to America. And it was really the holiday to America. It just all went on the credit card. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we came home to a crazy credit card bill. At the time, we had set up the credit cards to be paying off, I think it was 70% of, and now we landed right between two months, so we were lucky enough that way. But no, it was a crazy amount we suddenly had to pay. And so I suppose that December of 2018, we sat down and we said something had to change. We had been renting our entire relationship mm. over 10 years and we wanted to one day buy a house. And with that crazy, we could see how it would become so easy to live with that debt. Um, so we decided we were going to clear that in the coming year and then hopefully we'll be saving towards a house. Yeah, I think a lot of my followers and people looking at buying a house are all probably often in the same situation. They've been renting for a while, that's been getting increasingly expensive, or perhaps they probably are starting, you're not even starting at zero, you're starting because you have a car loan or a credit union loan or a student loan or something like that. Yeah. Um, what's your advice? You know, yeah. When you, you start out, we're going to sit down, we're going to look at our debt, uh, and our goal is maybe a year, year or two time is to buy a house. What's the first step? Is it paying down that debt? Our goal was to pay down that debt, yeah, because we could see that payment and we knew that it could go then towards saving. And obviously we wouldn't be paying that interest. Plus, it looks really good if you've paid a debt off quickly like that when you're going to go and buy a house. Yeah, it looks really good for a mortgage broker. So um, it, especially for... A, a short-term payoff like that, it does look really good. Um, so, yeah, that was our, our goal for the first two months of that year. We just wanted to clear that debt and be able to start off from a clean slate and work then towards buying that house. Um, it is difficult because 
you are thinking, oh, I just want to get started saving immediately. Yeah. But I think it just gives you a win before you've started. It gives you a, a buzz because you've cleared that debt and you know then if I've done that, I can keep going. I can keep saving at that rate. So that's a really good point. Yeah, I, I think, you know, both your points there. It's, it's a psychological win, um, but also, you, as you said before, you're paying interest on that money. I find a lot of people that, you know, always see on Owen McGee's show, those sort of financial shows, they're, they're, they've got a, a 30 grand saving, but they've also got a 17 grand debt. And look, why not just you know, pay that off? And okay, you've only got 13 grand saving yeah. now, but look, you're not paying interest. You're back to, back to the start. And, uh, you know, there's no yeah. point carrying that debt when you're also carrying cash, which isn't doing anything for you sitting in a yeah. savings account, whereas debt is eating away at you. No, that's a, that's a very good mm. point. So you get into 2019 and, uh, you've paid off your, your credit card bills, uh, and you're setting out to start yeah. saving. Uh, was a goal? Look, we'll, 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 what was the time horizon for you? Do you think you, in a year you'd do it or so- years? Or what was the plan? We we wanted to save. Um, we want. We knew we had to save about fifteen thousand um, or mm. more, um, and so we had a goal of saving a minimum of a thousand a month. Um, so we were thinking it would take us about two years, um, taking into account that Christmas would be yeah. there. Um, there would be things popping up that we couldn't foresee. So we decided we were going to try and set a minimum of a thousand. And if we beat it, brilliant. Like that was, you know, I, I'm can be a little bit competitive. Um, <laughs> With so I like to have a minimum. <laughs> yeah, competitive. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to have a target there. And uh, yeah, I went for um, a thousand a month and tried to beat it. Um, and we nearly always did. And there was actually months we doubled it. Oh, wow. So, um, but yeah. But are you, well, how yeah. do you save your money? So do you save the, the first day of payday or is it whatever's left over at the end of the month? Yeah, so I was doing side hustle um, extra extra income was coming in. Um, I was working in a gym at the time. So I was doing personal training as well as my full-time job there. Um, so I was saving everything I could. So everything that was coming in, I was throwing it into the credit union. Um, so the way I did it is as it came in, I immediately got rid of it out of my hand and into That's that account. That's a great idea. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I just knew I wouldn't, couldn't be trusted with it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so that's, that's the way we did it. Um, and then a certain amount of our wages as well went in. So the way we did it is we put all of my wages in after childcare. So we took out the childcare and then put everything else into that account. And then if my husband could get a bit more, which I used to really uh, heavily, him. <laughs> you know, persuade him. <laughs> Um, we throw that in as well, but we, it wasn't necessarily like needed, but it, you know, that was how we did it. We found it easier to live off the one yeah, way. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of people try and do that. Try and yeah. put that and in everything you earn. And if you can do yeah. extra training sessions or extra side hustles, yeah. um, all that goes in and that is kept yeah. away, uh, in the, in the credit unit. But yeah. so you're for your only extra income, are you, uh, were you cutting back on your spending? So, you know, very, very tightly. So you weren't going out. You weren't doing anything like that. How frugally were you living? Yeah. 
So we did a no spend year yes. that year. So uh, we bet. Yeah, it's, it sounds terrifying <laughs> to most people, but it's essentially not spending money on things that aren't essential. So we had some, I think we had five things we were allowed to spend on. So we were allowed to spend on food, utilities, you know, yeah. your bills. Um, we were allowed to spend on, um, our kids for okay. clothing. So if they grew out of something, um, they, always they go, will. Yeah. Um, avoid that. Yeah. For them. yeah. And um, we tried to um, come up with better ways of spending our money. We were, say, doing something like a family holiday. Um, we tried to come up with a different way of spending that money instead of uh, paying to go okay. abroad. So... Um, we would still spend money, but we would just really cut down on how much it would be. Um, and then we still bought birthday presents and things like that, but we just brought it right down um, to the... Yeah, yeah. The you weren't completely harsh. You weren't going out for meals. You weren't buying lots of clothes or shoes and things for yourselves. No uh, You know, and things like yeah. no and those sort of foreign trips. Uh, yeah. And this is all in 2019, so you, yeah. you don't even have COVID as the excuse for no foreign trips. You actually were... You were doing it already. So it's been a while, I guess, since you've been away. (laughs) It's been a while since we've been abroad. (laughs) Fair enough. That's even more impressive. Yeah, right. Okay, so you see you're you're earning as much as you can and putting it away as quick as possible. You're you're cutting back and saving on uh, just to the bare bones essentials. Um, And so how quickly, you were aiming sort of 15,000, how quickly did it take you to get there? Um, So we actually got there by November. Um, which is the same month we got the keys for our house. Fantastic. Um, I suppose we were fast forwarded because in April we lost our rent. So in April, our landlord approached us and said they would be selling the house and we would be out by right. September. Um, which really put So I'm sure a lot of people will resonate. And just like so many people, we looked around and we could see barely anywhere to rent in our location at all. And we had children in the school. um, We didn't exactly know where we wanted to Mm. buy. So we were just really worried about that situation. So now we were able to extend it the Mm -hmm. two months before we got into our house. We were quite lucky that way. We agreed to show people around the house like that. (laughs) So he was literally Uh, selling it out for Monday, even though he was still there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so you managed yeah, to get no. in uh, in November, and and the process because you've been saving so well. I presume you'd kept that up um, for the whole year. Was applying for the mortgage uh, much easier with the mortgage brokers and the banks pleased with your sort of your 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 yeah. Spending? So yeah, we were so lucky. We met an amazing mortgage broker, and he we met him in May, and he gave us he told us what we had to achieve. And we met up with him then in June. We had achieved his um, milestone to reach. Um, and then he was able to get us um, pre-approval from the bank for a mortgage. So we went on our merry way and spent three weeks um, looking for houses. That's not bad. That's pretty pretty, pretty fast with the ground. Yeah. Things. We're, we're pretty lucky, though, in the Midlands. Yeah. I will... Yeah. Give us that. There is less houses, but there's less less people necessarily buying them. Yeah. So 
Uh, we were pretty flexible, though. We didn't really mind where we moved within about three or four oh, really? counties, okay. even. And we just wanted to be about an hour from Dublin um, because of work yeah. and things like that. But apart from that, we were very flexible. We didn't really mind where well, that's we good. Yeah, that, again, that's one uh, of my main tips for house buyers is, is don't be too stubborn. That's sometimes you want to be near family and things like that. But if you can be flexible, sometimes you'll find a you know a bargain or a little village or something that you just didn't know was there and get the you know, yeah. real gem if you can just be have a little bit of, of breathing room yeah. yeah 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 no that's the way we were we were like we were happy enough to as well to get a dual offer we knew our budget was tight so we wanted space around our house more so than the house mm-hmm. being amazing we'd be pretty good yeah. ourselves yeah we we had three offers i think before we were accepted we were a bit cheeky but we we got our house approved then in june so just at the end of June. And brilliant. So you've been in there uh, since uh, November 2019. So when we're coming out to three years now, and obviously, you know, yeah. three years of, of, of COVID, but I presume you've continued, obviously continued with what you've learned in that 12 months or so, and you've, you've brought that out and now are teaching yeah. other people how to how to save who do you find who are watching your video yeah it's 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 all sorts of people so some people are professionals um that are doing yeah. well in life and are stu- suddenly struggling and then there is young families a lot of young families and some of them are looking to buy as well and then some single people as well who are maybe mm. living on their own um and they could be in a small apartment in Dublin, um, or they could be still with family. I have a few who are still living with um, their parents. So, yeah, there's all all sorts of yeah, things, found... um, which is surprising because I thought they all family. I found that some of the most sort of tenacious uh, buyers or savers out there are those maybe living at home with family. I think because they're, they're, they're desperate to get out of there. They are putting every penny away, obviously, they, yeah. you know, and things like that isn't... Uh, isn't taking a big chunk out of their earnings, but you know, uh, working as hard as they can, being very frugal, especially in the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of people come out after COVID having saved a huge amount more money because they haven't been going out. They haven't had a chance to go away. Yeah. They've just stayed in and, uh, and saved and, and put their head down for a year or maybe two, uh, and then come out with a, you know, fantastic deposit ability to buy, uh, it's really made, made a difference for a lot of people. Yeah. But I'd say, I think personally, I find the single people who have come out like that very inspiring and it's amazing because I think it's even more difficult than to be saving and getting a mortgage on your own so it's absolutely inspiring I know anytime I share a story there was a single mother there a few weeks ago who had just gotten her her first home and I got so many messages from people. What, oh, you know, it's so inspiring it. because uh, the um, first time, if, as a first-time buyer or, or, you know, trying to get a mortgage, you're only being able to get a multiple of yeah. your own income and not two of you combined as a couple. So I am agreed, always very impressed with the yeah. single buyers. They, you know, do incredible jobs yeah. to know how they do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so um, you know we've talked about you know rent and uh, and people sort of saving uh, and it's very tough with renting. Obviously, that's not something that uh, you probably can help a lot of people with bringing down. But two of the other main things, I guess, are probably food uh, and fuel and expenses and things like that. 
So on that one first, what what sort of tips and stuff like that do you have for people out there trying to save money on their, their car bill or their insurance and things like that? So definitely shop around with the insurance. I have personally found great deals when you shop around and then even come right. back to your insurer with the offer. That's a good tip, got. actually. Yeah. 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 With fuel, there's not a massive amount you can do. Something we try to do ourselves is try and take less short okay. trips because that does use up a lot more fuel than even yeah. the longer journey because you're stopping and starting at traffic lights. Um, you know, so we try and do as many things as we can in that one trip. That's a good point. Um, yeah. And that, that's as much as you can do at the moment, unless you're able to get an electric car. That's, that's the aim. Yeah, yeah like, I love that. Um, I think you're similar to us. Uh, you know, I drive, you know, 125k a day uh, for, to, to Dublin and back for work. Yeah. And it costs me a huge amount. And, uh, you know, we'll be trying to get an electric car eventually. It does add up. Uh, and absolutely, your point yeah. of insurance is a really good point as well. I just got um, our insurance renewals this year, and they've crept up, and they creep up every year by you know by twenty perhaps. And I think you know, and for no for no justifiable yeah. reason, I go on the switcher some of the switcher websites today and realise I can get a, a rate which has gone down by twenty percent. And I think you're right. Last year I did that and went back to my I'm quite happy with my insurer because they did roadside assistance as well. And mm-hmm. I went back to them and they cut their price. So yeah. I think I probably will switch out of them this this year because it's, they have just gone up so much and others have really, really come down. So yeah, I think insurance is something yeah. that's been done. And the house insurance. Yeah, I've been looking to that as well. House insurance has come up crazy, especially because um, your rebuild cost is going to be so much higher now than it ever was before. And that's, that's a really good point. important point. Yeah. Exactly. Your, your insurance it's, is based on what it costs. Maybe not yeah. what it is worth on the open market, but is that what it would be worth to rebuild? So there's yeah. some, probably some areas in the country where the cost yeah. of rebuilding it wouldn't be what you could sell it for. You know, it might cost you 400000 to rebuild but if you're in a in a rural area the house might only be worth, yeah. worth three hundred thousand. okay yeah that's insurance yeah. insurance car insurance and obviously fuel i think uh you like ourselves have uh, cut back on trips uh you know try to work from home i think a lot of people have got into that habit in the last two years with covid i think that's kind of sticking with a few people that you can work from home yeah this week that can be a huge saving on costs okay um, and finally food then i yeah. think some of the, your most popular videos are your tips on food and saving and cooking for maybe perhaps a large family. Yeah, it's essential, I think, right now to cut back on food. Yeah, the mm. prices have gone up crazy. The likes of your essentials, the butter, milk, bread have all... Yeah, really, you don't really notice these things really, sometimes. You, um, sort of, you pick up the, the butter, you double. pick up the milk, and you know, they're essentials you have to have. You don't realise that you know that was that was half the price a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I I, I notice now there all the shops are mm. increasing together. So it'll open one shop, and before you know it, it'll be in the mall. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely the essentials that I've noticed in going up. Um, even like yeah. the toilet roll cleaners, they're all increasing. So I think being prepared, making a list, check what you have at home. Try not to buy too much of something you don't need and then when you're in the store try and watch out for offers that aren't yeah really as good Some as they the ones are not uh, yeah exactly those yeah. end dials i kind of try and keep a tally going around something that really helps me is to go in with the yes. cash for my food shop um if i have a hundred euro there in my purse and 
I'm going around doing my food shop. I'm going to make sure it's not over a hundred euro because that's yeah. I, I, I was watching your video about that the other day. I think I do the same as well. I mentally calculate, man. I'm pretty pretty accurate as well. Within a couple of euros, I can get to the till and go. I've got about I think I've got ninety euro there. I get just just about squeak by. Yeah, have a little stick to it. Don't be picking up sort of uh, pester items with the kids and just stick to what you've gone in for and and nothing more. Yeah, it's t- it's difficult at this time of year because a lot of the time you do have the kids with you. I, I try to scrub the shop alone <laughs> if I can. <laughs> but then I think it's storing your food as well correctly, keeping your freezer to try and stop that food going off because that's a crazy amount of money. They're saying 700 euro a year oh, food waste. on average is wasted from food. That's incredible. Per house. Imagine yeah. if you could put that in your safe. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're bulk, you're yeah. bulk cooking things and yeah. freezing them. Yeah. You're that you know, don't, you know, not over buying on vegetables that will go off before you eat them. Things like that. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, if you prepare it the day you buy it, you're more likely to use it because you've put a bit of time into putting them into containers and things like that. They're easier to use, convenient. That makes sense. Well. Yeah, they're not just lying in the. So, yeah, I definitely forget about them it. until next week when they've gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. What, it's some what, random what, bag at the yeah. bottom of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, that's what I do. I find that helps so much. That's where the biggest savings are, is really in preparing. Um, Preparing before you shop and preparing after you shop. And it gets quicker and quicker as you go along because you get used to it. You get used to the habit of it. It can feel crazy in the beginning, but I say after three or four weeks, you'll get in the swing of it. No butter. And actually, I see people now going around with <laughs> and calculators around. You know, the shop, part of your so. tribe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's cotton it on. So, um, as well as helping people <laughs> off online with your sort of videos and tips and stuff like that, you've also come out with your own budgeting book. Tell me about that. Yeah, I came out with my budgeting made easy book. Very good. Uh, it's basically to try and make things a bit easier for people. I have it done out so that you can budget by paycheck. So when you get paid every week, if you get paid every month, you can still budget that amount because I think it's so important to give all of your yeah. job. So every single cent I recommend giving a job to that, whether it is saving, paying off debt, saving mm-hmm. towards what I call sinking funds. So that is um, expenses you have coming up over the year. So the likes of Christmas now, a lot of people will be starting to really save for that now. Birthdays, back to school, all of that, um, you can start saving for them, as well as your everyday expenses. So your fixed mm-hmm. expenses like your utilities and also your variables, so your food, etc. By looking at it that way, you can really see where your money is going and you can start to change those things so you can reduce your spending in some areas because you want to put more money in a different area. So that's the way we budget and it really has helped us. And there's a good few other people were also budgeting in this way. I'm certainly not the first one to... Uh, no, but you know, your your but, um, concepts cut no, through and really you know, actually, actually helping people out there, which I think is really appreciated. It's really made a difference. And and if we have that, absolutely, if you, a, a lot of us are losing money that we should be saving by inaction, by not realizing where it goes, the first step is writing it down and uh, making sure you're tracking it. First of all, we do that as well. You know, you've, you've got your book there. We've, we've just come out with our new Irish Home Buyers Journal. 
And the, the first section of that is all about saving the deposit. Uh, and we start, by, again, like, a bit like you, much shorter than yours. Yours would be much more of a comprehensive thing, identifying where their money's going and trying to set a plan. As you said, I like the way you say it, um, for every cent in there, it has a, a, a job, it has a meeting, it has somewhere to go. So certainly, you know, if anyone is uh, yeah. listening to this and is looking to be buying in the next couple of years, maybe a lot of people will save for a year, two years, or even three years. Something like your book would be great. It will get them through a, a long-term saving plan. And even if they're not saving for a house, it would be something that would get their bills on track, whether they're saving up for the next home or saving up for jobs they need to do uh, on the house or for, for college or whatever it is. Um, so. Kaz, thank you very much for, for talking to me today. Uh, you can find Kaz on Instagram at, uh, so at Irish Budgeting. Um, that's great. Thank you very much for coming. All right. No bother. Thank you for chatting to me. Are you in the process of buying a house? Did you just find out you need a house survey? Could you live without this added stress? Get House Survey is the no-hassle way to find a surveyor to conduct a survey on your new house. Simply complete the form and we will do all the legwork to find the nearest available surveyor for you. All of our surveyors have extensive experience and are fully qualified. We offer bank-approved reports and all for one fixed price. We use local businesses. Simply complete the form today and we will find a surveyor to conduct a survey on your property. If we cannot find an available surveyor, surveyor, then we guarantee 100% money back. Now for our final features in our episode, we're going to be going through in, out and away where we compare properties in the center of town, a property on the edge of town and a property out of town. This is a great exercise all home buyers should be doing to think about where they want to live and why they want to live there. Do you want to be in the city centre, close to amenities, a short commute to work? Or would you get something slightly bigger, a bit more space that is slightly further out, maybe a quieter or a more low density environment to raise your kids? Finally, our away option is something that's really out there, out in the sticks. Perhaps if you don't need to commute or you don't mind the long commute, you want to get some more space, some land. Uh, what can you do by getting out of town? All for the same price range. So this week, we've set ourselves a much tougher challenge than last week. We have set the price at €250,000. This is just around the national average. But we're going to try and find properties in and around Dublin that we can afford for this good starter entry price range. Let's go see what we pulled up this week. This week, our in option is 7 St. Bridget's Cottages, North Strand, Dublin 3. This is on the market for 245000 It's one bed, one bath, and 41 square metres. This is a cute-looking little cottage, only one room wide and two deep. It has a very quirky style inside, and it open stairs up to a good-sized bedroom upstairs in the attic space. Uh, look, this is a 20-minute walk to the centre of Dublin. It's a great spot if you wanted a little home for yourselves and you could get into town and enjoy all the uh, exciting pursuits around the north side. You're very close to Clontarf and the Fairview Park. It's a lovely little area uh, of these cute little workers' cottages. That's our main option if you want to be in town. Now, for out, we're heading further away. We're heading out to Fingus, and this is 10 Plunkett's Drive in Dublin 11. On the market for 249 it is three beds and one bath. It's a mid-terrace, uh, ex-corporation type house, essentially. But it's nice inside. They've got a nice style with some period features in the living room and uh, three decent-sized bedrooms upstairs and even a good-sized garden. So for €250, Euro, now it's fingerless. You're a little bit of a commute from the centre of town, uh, but you're very well located and accessing anything else from there. This is a great little house. It needs a bit of attention. 
but it could be a fabulous family home. The back garden has a fabulous pagoda. Uh, it's actually quite impressive what you can get for your money in this area. Finally, for our away option, we found this lovely bungalow in Delvin, West Meath. It's called Heatherbrook. It's on the market for 250000 And it's three beds, two baths, and 110 square metres. It's a really good size. It has a kitchen and a conservatory extension with really high ceilings and a lovely garden with a patio area, a lot of parking and garages for cars, and then a grassy area for the kids as well. This is a bit of more than an hour of a commute from Dublin. Uh, it is a great option, perhaps if you could work from home or if you could work in the community up there. But fantastic value for money for €250,000. So there's our three for this week. The in option are one bed cottage in Dublin 3, the out option, the three bed terrace in Finglas, or the away option, the three bed large bungalow in Westmead. Go to our Instagram, Irish Home Magazine, and comment or vote on which one you would choose and tell us why. Next up, new home versus old home. This week, we've gone a bit more high-end. We've picked a new build estate in North County, Dublin, in Malahide, called Brookfield, where four-bed semi-detached houses are starting for €815. Then we're going to compare it to a similarly priced property. This is a a four-bed 1970s home, uh, also for €825,000 in nearby Port Marnock. So... Brookfield in Malahide. These are very smart looking red brick semi-detached homes over three floors. They've been finished to a beautiful standard with a lovely open plan kitchen at the back and nice cosy living room at the front. The Cleggan four bed for 815,000 has three bedrooms on the first floor and another ensuite bedroom upstairs. Built by Carroll Estates, they're a really high standard and have some great features built in, including voice activated lighting system, Google Home Hub heating system, Wi-Fi enabled light fittings and smart bulbs. Touch-free toilet systems including a sensor activated toilet and tap and light. Touch-free bin and a water filtration tap in every kitchen. Contemporary kitchen and utilities are provided by Cube Kitchens in a choice of colours and a wine cooler is included as standard. Brookfield is on the back road just outside Malahide Castle so it's a short commute into Dublin city centre and a short distance into Malahide itself. For comparison, our old home of the week is this 10 borough court in Port Marnock. On the market for 825, it's a four bed detached house and it's a similar size, 140 square meters, but it's a D1. It needs a modernization inside, but I like about this older generation of houses that the ground floor, you do get an extra room. So you get a living room, an open plan kitchen at the back, and then you often get another room which could be a downstairs bedroom, a study, a playroom and that's what I find I don't get in the new build houses. Don't get me wrong, the new builds are fantastic upstairs, they have en suites and they have squeezed in a lot more space on the upper floors but I find the ground floors often are just two rooms and they can be very small for a family. But going with a 1970s house, you're going to probably need to spend another seventy-five to 100000 just to upgrade this property aesthetically and also for energy upgrades. So that's your choice. Do you go with the A-rated new build or do you go with the D-rated 1970s house which maybe has better proportions? Go to Irish Home Magazine on Instagram and look for our post and vote or comment on which one you think is your choice. Finally, our news section. Here's three stories that we thought you should know about this week. My first article is from RTE.ie. They're announcing a new show called Broke. It is a documentary going through the tough times people are having. One such couple are Andrew and Aoife from Dublin. Andrew's an estate agent. They've saved up 20,000 euros. 
but they still can't find a house that they can afford, so they're going to emigrate. It's a sad story that we've heard many times, and unfortunately it's becoming all the more common, but definitely worth reading and worth watching the series as well. My second story is a bit more hopeful. It's from the Longford Leader, and the headline is, Two Longford couples buy out former rented home and now are paying half in their mortgage payments. And it's very true. A lot of people are paying extortionate rents at the moment. uh, But if they could only get a mortgage for the same property, their mortgage repayments would probably be much less, even half of what their rental payments are. That shows the importance of being able to save and being eligible for a mortgage. If you can save up in the course of a year or two and get on the ladder, you can save yourself a fortune in the long run. My final article of the week is from Image Magazine, How to Give Your Home a Wellness Makeover Without Spending a Fortune. They've interviewed Denise O'Connor from Optimize Home about how to prepare your home to feel less stressed. And a lot of it is about decluttering, but there's an interesting point there about the old feng shui system. It's not just a punchline. Uh, The principles of it are important, and keeping your home clean, tidy, and organized, especially this week when kids have gone back to school, does wonders for your mental health. It's definitely worth reading. I'll include the links below. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode two of the Irish Home Show. We've gone through savings. Next episode, we are going to be talking about mortgages and the first steps of getting yourself mortgage ready. I'm going to be interviewing Martina Hennessy, the MD of Doddle.ie. They are a leading and growing mortgage brokerage, and we have a fantastic chat about applying for mortgages and how to get yourself mortgage approved. Please follow Irish Home on Instagram, Irish Home Magazine. You can order our journal in the shop links below. And remember the discount code SHOW, S-H-O-W, if you want to get free shipping in Ireland. Please subscribe and share the show, and I'd love some five-star reviews to help us grow and reach more people. Finally, I'm going to let our theme music play out at the end here. This is from upcoming artist Finn O'Hara. He's kindly let us use it as our theme music. This is called Silhouette. You can find it on Spotify or YouTube. In and I get kind of mad Cause there's a silhouette In every room I go in And I just can't forget The feeling of your skin I'm trying to reset My mind without you in it And soon I will forget You're just a silhouette Cause there's a silhouette In every room Just a silhouette